Hello, everyone. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the CEO of Love for Words, which is an editing boutique. And I'm also the creator of Editor Knows Best, the podcast you're tuned into right now. And the podcast airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern on, um, excuse me, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, and some other uh, media channels. So um, please do tune in again. Um, today, we do have a very special guest that I'm excited to introduce to you. Um, so I will go ahead and uh, do that. So uh, today's guest is the founder and CEO of Donna Lindsay Coaching and Consulting LLC, which is a nationally and internationally known uh, self-love strategist. Well, she's a, she is a well-known self-love strategist. Um, and for the last 15 years, she has instrumentally engaged individuals, groups, and organizations in empowerment sessions using principles of love to enhance and improve their overall performance in all areas of their lives. So she does specialize in self-love activation and her strategic approach to individual empowerment and group coaching and organizational restoration has positioned her to become pursued as a coach, consultant, and speaker. Additionally, she hosts a weekly broadcast, Love Matters Love Web Show on Facebook, and is the founder of Love My Way Collective, a Facebook group that engages women in discussions, polls, trainings, and activities centered around improving their self-love journey. And she is the co-author of two books, which we will learn more about, and she has her bachelor's degree in specific learning disabilities and elementary education, along with a master's degree in educational leadership and is a certified professional coach. Uh, Donna is married and she has two children and a granddaughter as well. Uh, thank you so much, Donna, for joining us today. I'm delighted to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You you went through the entire bio. So I, I thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Poland for uh, going through that. You're thank welcome. you for having me as well. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to have you. So I would love to know a little bit more about exactly what a, a love, a self-love strategist is. That's the first time I've heard that title and that term. So um, I, and I'm sure the audience would also love to know more about that. That's awesome. So um, my brain tends to think in strategies of war, right? So whenever we're navigating life, sometimes it feels like a battle. Um, you know, whether it's in relationships, it's at work, it's at church, you know, sometimes it's not just always smooth sailing. So hence the word strategist. But the platform that I focus most on is self-love. I believe that when we love ourselves unconditionally and unapologetically, it influences every single area of our life. It influences how we interact in relationships. It influences how we interact with our coworkers, our supervisors. Um, I believe it also influences, you know, how we engage with people in the outside community, whether it's at the corner store or the grocery store, at the bank, you know, the teller says something to you, but because you have an understanding of self-love and because you love yourself, you know exactly how to respond to that individual, right? Um, you know, somewhere it's written that, you know, we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But if we don't love ourselves, do we really know how to love our neighbor? Right. So ultimately that's what I, the self-love strategist, I do. I work with clients to ultimately improve their self-love journey so that it can better enhance all of the other relationships that they engage in on a daily basis. 
Yes. And what um, encouraged you or motivated you to um, take the journey to becoming a self-love strategist? Was there um, a moment that sparked that or was it um, was there multiple, you know, moments throughout your life that led to that? That's a fantastic question. And actually, yes, you know, there there was some uh, teenage trauma, you know, then you grow up and you go to college and there's more stuff that you engage in, more hurts and pains that you go through. Um, and then at around age 36, I was married one time before and um, was, you know, on the verge of divorce and ultimately got divorced from the individual. And didn't realize that I had just gone from one relationship to the next relationship to the next relationship without healing, without going through some type of detoxification process, right, right. you know, without really fully understanding who I was. Mm -hmm. So it was at age 36 that I said, okay, it's time for me to really get to know Donna. It's time for me to tap in and really understand who Donna is, what's her favorite color? What's her, you know, favorite flavor of ice cream? You know, all along I had kind of been doing what everyone else wanted me to do. And so I would definitely say that, you know, this entire platform uh, was birthed out of my life's journey. Um, and it is my life's journey that I use oftentimes in my sessions with individuals uh, to help them understand that I can relate. I've been there, you know, and I understand the pain and I understand the trauma, but it's important for us not to rest there, but to overcome and to move forward. Yes, I agree. Thank you for sharing that. So often the, the biggest achievements that we make grow out of pain, grow out of our pain um, or our, um, you know, lowest points. So thank you for sharing that with the audience and, and myself. I really appreciate that. So who is your typical client that you usually work with? What a, yeah, what, a, who's your typical, um, you know, client base? Uh, my client base ranges anywhere from 21 years old on up. Okay. okay. Uh, for the most part, as of late, I've been dealing with a lot of women between the ages of, I would say about 30 uh, to their mid fifties, right? These are women who maybe have raised children, uh, women who uh, were married before and are no longer married, whether they're divorced or their spouse uh, is deceased. Um, these are women that have been single women all of their lives, you know, raising their kids on their own. Um, they're professional women. Uh, these are women who, um, who have used their uh, businesses and they've used their degrees and they've used their, their status on the job to kind of hide their pain. They've used yes. their status mm -hmm. in the church as a minister or as a pastor or as a prayer warrior to kind of disguise and to cover their pain. So oftentimes these are the individuals that come to me, those that are willing and ready to remove the mask yes. and really begin to explore you know, what is it that's hindering them from truly moving forward? What is it that is hindering them from moving forward victoriously? And so, um, you know, that's that's who my clientele is. I, I mean, the message that I have is so foundational. I would definitely, as an educator, 27-year educator, love to be able to bring it into the school systems um, as a curriculum to begin to work with kids as young as five years old, you know, to teach them. We're teaching them everything else. You know, we're, we're providing sex education. We're providing, you know, all other types of education. But are we focusing on, you know, the education of self and really helping kids to love themselves and to be okay with themselves? You know, if we were to do that, then peer pressure may essentially be a thing of the past. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, so, um, you know, as I said, my, my primary focus are those women uh, 21 years and older, but as of late, it's been the 30 to 55 year old that has been coming to me, but it is definitely a message for the viewers or viewers, the listeners out there that are actually listening, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that this message is ultimately a message that can start as early as five years old. Yes, definitely. And I agree with that. Um, I think, well, in our society, at least, you know, United States, when, um, excuse me, children are so often um, disregarded. Um, we don't ask their opinion. We don't ask what they want, what they like, what they don't like. Um, it's often expected that they'll do whatever that guardian, parent, adult in their presence um, is telling them to do. Um, but much like you said, it's so important for them to learn self-love at a young age. Um, and they do need to learn, you know, sex education at five years old because we do have children who are engaging in that or children who are being abused but maybe don't know what's happening because they haven't been taught this is what this is. So I absolutely agree that it should start at a young age and that is important and that it will change the cycle of your life. So imagine if you've been taught self-love, you know, since preschool, when those I don't want to say obstacles, but when those um, situations that are not right or don't feel good come up, how much more likely are you to step away from that, to avoid that, to over, not even, you don't have to overcome it because you'll have that um, right. sense of, of love and making decisions that are best for you. So thank you for saying that. Um, and I wholeheartedly agree. And then going back to who your target market is, women, um, I think you said more recently, 30 to mid fifties, I can absolutely attest to defaulting to business. So often, you know, I will have a conversation with someone and I'm talking about my business, you know, I'm an editor, I'm an author, I'm, I do speaking engagements. And it's kind of a deflection from the personal side of who Katyra is. So um, it sounds like I might need to <laughs> uh, come, come meet with you, come, you know, speak to you. Um, so thank you for sharing. And I'm sure many in our audience, you know, especially women feel the same way. Um, we default to our status and our titles and our materials and what we own and possess to cover up whatever those insecurities are, whatever we feel like we're lacking. So thank you. And I can attest to that. And I'm very glad that you're there to help women through that. Um, and I'm sure that you've done a phenomenal job. And, um, you know, I, could, I wish you continued success uh, with your business in, in that thank respect. You. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So can you tell us a little bit more about your journey in um, entrepreneurship? A lot of our listeners are authors, but they're also either, you know, moving into authorpreneurship. So they have businesses, they're authors, or they're aspiring authors. So can you just offer them some advice or um, recommendations on making it um, an easier journey if someone wants to start a business and, you know, write a book? Okay. So ultimately for me, I didn't start with a business. Um, you know, where it started for me was uh, becoming a life coach. So I became a life coach. And it's interesting because this story has become uh, famous, but when I went to the life coaching course and you know went away for the whole weekend and studied and prepared and did all this stuff, one of the questions that the uh, instructor asked 
was, you know, to close your eyes and to see yourself sitting in your office, see yourself working with a client or a group of clients as that life coach. And so he went around to each of the students, there are about 20 of us in there. And he said, I want you to say aloud, describe aloud, you know, because if you can see it, you can say it, you can have it. Mm -hmm. And so he said, describe aloud, you know, what your office space looks like. What is the type of client that you're servicing? And so when he got around to me, he said, Donna, go ahead, it's your turn. I want you to go ahead and describe. And I said, well, I see myself writing a book and I'm standing on a stage in front of like 10,000 people and the whole class froze. And he was like, wait, say that again. And I said, and at this point I didn't have a book written, right? Mm -hmm. um, I said, I see myself writing a book and standing on a stage in front of 10,000 people. And he said, okay, well then I think you need to get to writing. Yes. What does that mean? I, I had no idea what get to writing. What does that look like? What does that sound like? Don't you need to have something to write about? And so ultimately for me, my journey um, writing uh, really began in prayer because after I left that class, now wanting to launch this life coaching business, mm -hmm. um, you know, but what I envisioned was not an office and clients. I envisioned a book and 10,000 people. So ultimately I, I had to, you know, surrender and just say, okay, God, how are we going to get from where I am to what I saw? And so, you know, just praying and talking to a friend, she mentioned, um, you know, one of the books that I've written, she mentioned the editor uh, who uh, is instrumental in gathering groups of women from all over the world mm -hmm. to contribute to um, the various books that she has. And so I did an interview and she fell in love and she was like, you're going to write, you're going to write a chapter in this book. So that mm -hmm. was book number one. And um, it was a lot of pressure. You know, anyone who says that, oh, writing is effortless, Congratulations, I'm happy for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have been a writer, I've been a creative writer for my own personal, you know, satisfaction. I'm a journal writer, I write in my journal every day, mm -hmm. but I've never written content for someone else to read. So I did experience writer's block and, you know, I did experience, uh, you know, coming right up to the deadline to actually get that chapter done for that particular anthology. But once it was done, there was such a feeling of liberation. There was such a feeling of, of just victory that I was like, I love this. Like, I love this. This is, this is a passion. I really love writing in an effort to empower people. And so ultimately for me, um, that's where it began. And then, you know, she had another book that she was, she wanted to release and she was looking for additional authors. And someone just happened to tell me about this book. I had no idea. And, um, went ahead and interviewed again. She was like, you don't even need to interview. She's like, I know your writing style, go ahead. And, and this is, you know, what you're going to write about. And so it was during that second book that I really realized, wait a minute. Um, this is bigger than what is on this paper. Like this needs to be taken to the world's marketplace. And so ultimately that's when I started uh, the business uh, where I do group coaching, mm -hmm. which is what I love. I love the collaboration. I love having groups of women together that ultimately by the end of the class understand that we are more alike mm -hmm. than we are different. Right. And when I tell you, I have women from all walks of life, um, all racial backgrounds, all cultural backgrounds that come and sit with me for this group coaching class. And it's called Love Me First, and I do it every quarter. Um, it's a four-week virtual session, and we go over you know, certain key components within that master class. But that 
second book and writing that chapter within that second book is really what catapulted me to say, you know what, this is going to be the beginning stages of your business. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't just dive in not knowing what to do. I kind of followed the pattern or the routine. So for the listeners out there that are really trying to make something happen, follow those signs, you know, follow the doors that are opening up. Don't try to force doors open. Don't try to kick doors down. Just pace yourself and, and, and take on those things that are naturally just succinctly coming to you. And now, you know, after book number two, I have this Love Me First Masterclass that I facilitate, as I said, every quarter. The next one starts next Saturday. And, um, you know, that has essentially opened the door for group coaching. But then people who want to go a little bit further now reach out to me and say, hey, can you coach me individually? You know, I think I need to go a little bit deeper. And so that's ultimately... Uh, what I've done. So, um, you know, it started with me as an author, well, being a life coach, and then it moved into authorship, and then it came back full circle to now getting back into the business of coaching. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that backstory. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure the audience does as well. So I know that you mentioned um, being a part of anthologies. So do you mind just sharing some of the pros and cons or uh, what you did and didn't like about um, contributing to an anthology. Many in, the, in our audience are interested in anthologies, maybe don't know what they are. So I'm sure they'd love to get your experience um, being a part of an anthology. Well, I have to say that being a part of an anthology was a positive experience for me. Um, and I think for anyone that's just starting out, um, unless you just have a book in your belly, like a whole book with five chapters or seven, 10 chapters, you know, I think that it's a great way for you to really start out and to practice the skill of writing. Uh, the first book that I wrote, which is Leadership, Courage, and Confidence, um, Professional Woman, Leadership, Courage, and Confidence, forgive me, um, is an anthology that has, as I said, 20 to 22 women from all over the world. And ultimately, um, what I wrote about in that book is the power of influence. And so um, it takes the reader through a journey of how, as a leader, you can positively impact the people that you lead through the lens of love, okay? Um, and so that was just a good book for me to just dip my toe in the water and really try to figure out, is this something that I can do, I want to do? And it literally opened me up. Um, that was painful, you know, because I, as I said, I went through writer's block. I went through a bunch of other things. But then when I got to book two, mm -hmm. book two, I was ready to rock and roll. You know, mm -hmm. there was so much in me at this point. There was so much to release. And, um, you know, what took me weeks to get, you know, to get that first chapter done was now done in an hour and a half um, with my second book because it was just there. I was boiling over. Um, with uh, a wealth of words of inspiration and empowerment. So I would say to anyone out there, unless you have a book that's pretty much already drafted in your mind, um, you know, drafted in a journal somewhere, you already have the outline, you know the chapters, you know what's going to be contained within the chapters, I would say that an anthology is definitely the way to go to just whet your appetite, to whet, you, you know, put your foot in the water and just get some experience with writing you know, understanding how you write and, you know, the messages that you desire to convey to the audience that you are going to be speaking to. So I, my experience was amazing. 
absolutely amazing. Awesome, glad glad to hear that. Um, I've also participated participated in anthologies, and I also had a, a positive experience. Um, so I agree. Um, if it's something that you are interested in, just give it a try. Um, you may or may not like it, but you won't know unless you try it. There are plenty of opportunities to be in anthologies. Um, I would recommend that you join like Facebook groups. They usually post when they're looking for writers. Um, so that's a big one um, that I use. Um, and then just yeah, I would say just being active on social media, Instagram, and also locally. So yeah. um, check in with your libraries or if you have like a literary center or a writing center locally, um, that will be another good um, resource for you. So thanks again, Adana, for sharing about that. So you did mention writer's block. So I'd like to know um, how you overcame that because so many in our audience also face that and maybe are stuck. So do you have any recommendations or advice in how you overcame that? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, as you've heard earlier, I am a praying woman and um, I, I just literally, I had to pray. Um, but in addition to praying, I had to walk away um, because I tend to get a little obsessive compulsive. You know, I want to finish. I want to finish. I want to finish. I want to finish. You know, I want to get this thing checked yes. off you know, um, but what we have to understand for those of you that are aspiring authors that are authors and working on your next work, you know, this is a process. Every time we put something on paper, we are taking ourselves through the process. Remember that the message comes to the messenger first. And so sometimes that writer's block comes because we need to be put on pause to embrace the first half of what we've put on paper, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then as we go through that process, um, you know, then we can now finish up and put the next piece. So I would definitely say for those of you out there that pray, meditate, pray and meditate, but also learn how to walk away. You know, uh, yes, I do understand that many books have deadlines, you know, so that takes scheduling. You're going to need to map it out. You're going to need to plan it out. Um, and, you know, on days that you need to have that book done, you can't just walk away. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, on the days that you can walk away, walk away, separate yourself from it, let what you've already written become one with you and really filter through you so that you can get the next half of the message um, that, you know, your readers need to be exposed to. Um, so that's ultimately what came to mind when you asked that question. Mm -hmm. Just walk away, leave it alone for a while. Stop trying to force it. Yes, I agree. It is important to take a break. And oftentimes when you step away, that's when you have your uh, bright idea. Um, that's when you um, are inspired by things that aren't necessarily directly related. So forcing it is never a good thing. So thanks for um, sharing that nugget, Donna. Um, so when you're writing, does it typically energize you or exhaust you? No, when I'm writing, it energizes me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I take a lot of my creative writing natural ability and I infuse it into my uh, writings. So for me, it takes me on a journey to this imaginary world, depending on who, depending on what I'm writing about, you know, I always create characters that kind of fit that particular message or theme. And so for me, it's, it's an exciting experience. It's a freeing experience. Um, it really, for me, you know, you wanna take your mind off of something, 
you know, I, I think writing is the thing that can do that. Just like for some people who actually read, you know, uh, my mom could read a book in a day, thick books, like really big, like 300 page books. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, mom, she's like, I got to finish it. I got to finish right. it. You literally <laughs> finish it in a day, but it takes her to a place, you know, where she's not having to think about, you know, what's going on around her and right. the noise that is currently you know, infiltrating her space. She, mm -hmm. She's reading to get away. And I think that's what writing does for me. It helps me to not necessarily escape, but just be away from the noise for right now right. and be in my space where it's just me and this character and this information and this message for the reader. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and it is important to have productive and healthy ways to remove yourself from stressful situations or to separate yourself from stressors. So I certainly agree. Um, writing does that for me as well when I write my poetry and things like that. So I will also recommend that to the audience and our listeners to um, use writing as a not an escape, but as a, a, a productive self-care um, opportunity. So please do that. Absolutely. Yes. So I know that you have written both fiction and nonfiction, but do you have a preference for writing either? Um, not really. It, it really, it really depends on what I believe the audience is calling for mm -hmm. in that season, you know? Um, and usually it's so interesting to me because as I said to you earlier, this, this Love Me First masterclass that I've done, I've gone as far as Moldova. And I know a lot of people are like, where is Moldova? Well, that's <laughs> in Eastern Europe. Like it's all the way over there. And believe it or not, I did it in a teacher's uh, a teacher's group for a group of teachers, you know, that, know. you know, they were, they were like, we're tired of English trainings and math trainings, yeah. you know, so when, when I applied to go ahead and work with them, um, they were like, definitely, you can come over here and you can facilitate a training to teach us how to love ourselves so we can finish out this school year. Yeah. Um, and it was very successful. And I bring that up to say that that's ultimately how I write. I write to meet the needs of my audience. I write to, and, and I think there's a part of writing um, that requires one to be in tune to what's going on, you know, in the atmosphere, in the universe, whatever it is that you practice, you have to be in tune with what's going on in mankind. Um, because there are certain messages that need to be released at certain times to empower, inspire, and motivate people to keep pressing on, to keep moving forward. And so that doesn't say that the messages of old don't resonate now, but there's a current sound, there's a current message, there's a current writer that is going to speak exactly to what I'm going through, you know, self-love, who was talking about self-love a hundred years ago, mm -hmm. you know? So now that our world is evolving and changing and there's mm -hmm. so much happening around so many different uh, issues, you know, this is the perfect time for those that talk about self-care and self-love to really emerge and evolve. So I, I really think that, um, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, just making sure that you are meeting the needs of the audience. Um, that's what's really most important. Oh, thank you. That is um, important. So I certainly agree with that, making sure you're connecting with your target market. So yes, thank you, Donna. So um, in wrapping up, are there any last or final words that you'd like to share with the audience? 
Um, just continue pressing forward. You know, for those of you that are authors, continue to, um, as they used to tell me, and I was clueless for years, you know, just write, continue to write, continue to document, continue to, you know, put your message out on paper. Um, you know, for those of you that are seeking to become entrepreneurs, um, do it. Don't hesitate, move forward, move when the doors open up, look mm -hmm. for those signs, look for those patterns in your journey um, that are evolving and emerging so that you can begin to strategically align yourself with that business. Um, and don't give up, don't give up, keep pressing forward um, because you are the answer to someone's prayer. Somebody is crying out right now for a solution, for you know an answer, for you know just they need help. And mm -hmm. so your book could be that message. So, you know, don't delay, don't hold back, release the fear, release the anxiety, mm -hmm. get your message out there. Um, because truly it is the answer to someone's prayer. Yes. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you so much, Donna. I appreciate all the knowledge that you have shared and also being open about sharing your experiences. So if someone's interested in purchasing the anthologies or they would like to um, sign up for your coaching services, how could they get in touch with you? So the best place to do that is at linktree uh, forward slash Donna Lindsay. And you know, linktree is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Donna Lindsay. And there they'll find everything. They'll find the anthologies. They'll find the Love Me First Masterclass scheduled to begin next Saturday. And they will also find my website. And if they want to uh, engage in coaching services, that's also available on my Linktree account. Fantastic. Again, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, um, being a guest on the show, um, being open to sharing your experiences and um, the things that you have overcome. And I would like to also thank the audience for tuning in. I appreciate it. And again, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, Anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best. Uh, thanks again, everyone. Be safe and be well.